This really talk with Shane. Thanks to Clubmates Travel. So Clubmates Travel, the disability supported experts. Why not come and meet the team? On this podcast today, I've got a very special host that could be on permanently with me, Sophie McCoy, and also from Clubmates Travel, I've got the GM. Some of you would recognise him from the last podcast series I've done, Peter from Clubmates. Yeah, g'day Shane, g'day Sophie. Oh, love to see you, Sophie. So this is your maiden voyage in. So a little bit about us, Shane. Yeah, tell us a bit about your been, club mates and stuff like that. We've been yapping on before uh, this podcast got, podcast got going. But so we do supported holidays. We travel all over Australia. We go overseas. Um, so that, the, the sales pitch, if you like, we look after the passengers' money, medication and personal care. And we also uh, organise all the travel. And we do the support. So we can do anything for you. So we can either become your butler and uh, feed grapes to you as you're cruising around the Bahamas or we can uh, get right in there and do everything you need to make sure your holiday's a success. doesn't matter. So is there anything you want to say about the butler a bit and that that sounds fun? Well, you know, we usually have either big hunky guys feeding you grapes or really good-looking ladies feeding you grapes. It depends on what you like. Um, but you might want your partner. Look, you guys, you might want each other. I don't know. Oh it depends on what you're looking for, really. Yeah. Everyone's a bit different. How did I hear in the last podcast you did with me, you had that guy who tried to get him to travel around Australia first to see if he could um, could go on a um, plane like you had him from Melbourne to Sid- Sydney, yeah. Sydney to Brisbane, yep. Brisbane to um, Darwin. How did he go on the trip to Africa. He's had a great trip. He had a great trip. Look, post-COVID, he hasn't been back because of uh, all the technicalities and things like that. Uh, but people are coming back now, which is not good. Uh, we've sort of revamped our vehicles and cleaned them up, and so we're ready to rock and roll now. Let's Tell see. us all about the vehicles, if people would like to know what vehicles you use. So now we've got our big coach running back out on the road, which is great, fantastic. So it's a 41-seat coach. We can carry two big motorised wheelchairs in a proper wheelchair lifter in it. We drag a big trailer behind that's got hoist commodes and all the stuff we need to make sure the holiday's a success and we carry bags in it. And then we've got another a Mercedes Sprinter that does our smaller holidays. That's got a couple of wheelchair positions as well, but we can take them out and we put in our seats as well. So it depends on what they want. Then we've got a couple of just standard sedans. So if people just want to go away and just chill out, we can do that too. It, dip, it really comes down to what people want to do. So someone will ring us up and they go, Peter, we want to go on a holiday. Well, you know, just like any other travel agent, what do you want to do? Where do you want to go? How do you want to do it? And we talk about that. And then we start to get down to the nuts and bolts of how it's all going to fit together. Uh, with it coming down to that, how does the NDIS come about with you guys? When we get into that nuts and bolts part, that's when we start to look at how we're going to make this work and, yeah, will it work? Some people, no, it doesn't, not at all. Uh, but I would have to say the majority of people, yeah, you can make it work. Hey, so if you went with Peter, where would you like to go and travel? Oh, probably go to WA because that's the one state I've not been to yet. So would you like that big hunky guy feeding you grapes as you go across there or is that... Uh... Uh. <laughs> <laughs> probably and, not. And a quick question for you. Would you go on the on the two trains, the ones that go to the GAN and the one that goes to Al- uh, Perth? 
Yeah, absolutely. So we've got the GAN that goes Adelaide-Darwin. We've got the Indian Pacific, Sydney to Perth. But there's also the Overland that goes Melbourne to Adelaide. Adelaide. So now, all good been, trains. Have you been on the one to Perth? I've been on the Indian Pacific, which, yeah, I have. Fantastic. Really, really good. Mind you, if you want to book it, uh, we have got those train trips coming up. You've got to book well in front. They're about about a nine to 12-month in advance booking at the moment because they're so popular. It would yeah. be. Yeah, trains like that are generally that popular. It's they're got huge. to book in early. Yeah, they're fantastic, those train trips. If you want to sit back and watch the world go by and get looked after, and they do, they look after you so well, uh, that's a good train trip. And the only way of that, I hear you only let take one, you don't get your bags until you finish the trip, is that right? Oh, yeah, you do take, but you take an overnight bag, which is big enough for what you want. You can put your big suitcase in checked luggage. Um, but the cabins are not massive, but they're easily big enough for what you do. When we book Gold Kangaroo. So the Gold Kangaroo, you get all your food. Um, you just go up into a, a lounge car. So it's not like a normal seat. Mm. You've got your seat in your cabin where you sleep and they fold down the bed for you. And then you wander up into the lounge car and you sit there and you sip cocktails and martinis and mm. you'll be like James Bond or something like that. And you cruise across the Nullarbor. And then um, when you finish that, you go into the meals car and they serve you out your dinner. So when's your next, uh, like the next, um, the next advertisement day you've got, like you, when you've got, got that parent to come see you? Oh, look, we've always got things popping up and roaming around. Just at the moment, we're actually working on our 2024 brochure. So by the end of probably this week, very early next week, all of our... 2024 holidays will be up on the website. Do you want to explain more about what, oh. in, in brief, what you got coming up in 2024, please? Absolutely. 2024, we've got camping and pampering and Gold Coast trips, theme parks. We've got trips going here, there and everywhere. At the moment, we're doing about eight cruises a year, group cruises, and then we've got our Who individual. Anyone. Like with P&O. Yeah, we've got a P&O away at the moment. We've just had a carnival come back. And I think we've got a princess going out shortly. So explain to us about them, that we are new new to cruising. <laughs> All right, cruising. Say some tricks around cruising. Um, you need to have a physical card if you want to put cruise credit onto your cruise ship. I would strongly suggest you've actually got to log in before you get to the cruise now. Mm. Choose the time you want to get on the cruise. But before that, you should log in because they want, in Australia, you've got to have a COVID certificate. If you haven't been COVID jabbed, uh, you don't go on a cruise. So you need to be vaccinated to get on a cruise ship at the moment. What it's going to look like in 12 months, two years, don't know. But you must be vaccinated. Once you've shown that, then 24 hours before you get on the cruise ship, you've actually got to show a negative rat test. That's still, as, still now. That's now. Right now. Uh, so there's a few hurdles you've got to get over. By doing that, then it makes it easy. You've got to have photo ID to get on. Um, some of the cruise ships are still wearing masks indoors. Um, but there's a lot. Do people do they enforce the mask? Well, not always. No, it's a bit loosey-goosey. I've been on one late last year and it's, yeah, very loosey-goosey. But you need to be vaccinated and you need to prove that you've had a rat test 24 hours before you get on the cruise ship, which is good because at least then you're protecting your fellow passengers. You live in quite close quarters. For we do. The time that you're on there. Who are we going with again, Save? Um, we've got we're going with P and O beginning of September, and then yep. 
we just recently booked for 2025 the Disney Cruise yep. out of Melbourne, which is Plino, you definitely have to have a rat test and vaccinated. Because we literally just had a guy, he didn't tell us right until well, probably a month before it was about to leave and he couldn't get on the ship, hadn't been vaccinated. Ooh, that's not good. So, yeah, it's well worth um, <laughs> going and getting some jabs. And I'll tell you now, for the ones that want to go to Sydney by train, yep. that's where Safe will come in. Tell them about what we had to do. Um, basically, for the XPT train that goes from Melbourne to Sydney, if anyone that wants to get on using their companion card, unfortunately, has to go from Aubrey. Oh. Aubrey, because of the New South Wales rules and regulations. And you can only use it in economy too. You can't use it in the first class or the sleepers yep. as well. Yep. Which it, we found a little bit annoying. But we, the fact that my parents live in Wodonga, we've been able to come work it out with them so we can go up and have tea with them before we get on our cruise. And then when we get off the train at like 4.30 in the morning, we can go back to their place and stay the night and... Go back to Melbourne the next yeah, day. There's, there's certainly, I mean, the companion card is very, very good, but there certainly is some limitations around it. Can I ask you mm. something, Peter? Do you guys take it if, say, you're going somewhere with a client and they've got one, would you guys ask clients, do you have a companion card? Yeah, we do. Yep, yep. Companion cards are actually really good for photo ID. So to get on a cruise ship, get on a plane, so that's another one. You've got to have photo ID a lot of the time with aircraft. So take your photo ID, uh, passports, companion cards, um, proof of age cards, ID cards. You really do need something like that these days. And that's what we were talking about earlier as well about um, spending money. So a lot of places don't take cash now. What do you guys do for if the, if the parents, uh, well, like, how do we say it with the parents to give the person, say, 100 bucks spending money in cash... What do you guys do then if nothing takes cash? So we actually take the cash off them and we've got a car called Budgetly. We load it onto our Budgetly card. So they get actually get their own budget on that card. Um, they don't get to hold the card because it's a, a, um, a soft card, lives on our phones. But then we can go and buy, if they go, oh, I want to buy that T-shirt, we can go and buy the T-shirt for them. We actually receipt it and then we take a photo of the receipt so it's all documented at the end of the holiday, then we give them a complete breakdown of what was spent and on what. But a lot of people, we invoice them. So when we invoice them, we'll invoice them for spending money. And as much as silly as that sounds, it does take away some of the um, flexibility for that individual, but at least they can buy stuff. If they don't have a Visa debit or a Visa credit card, then at least they can still spend some money on their holiday. And on... And on our cruise to do it in 2025, we got to do it all in US dollars. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's all part of the fun of Disney. But look, it doesn't matter what you're spending because once you've put your money onto the card, so what you'll do is generally about a week to two weeks, it's got to be done a minimum of 48 hours before your cruise. You've got to put your credit card down and then you've got money on the cruise ship. If you put down cash, which you can do on the cruise ship, uh, I would suggest you get whatever cash is left over back off the cruise ship before you leave the cruise ship. It took us about six weeks to get the cash back out of P&O last time. That was the first P&O we'd done post-COVID. Wait, wait, we what were, about before COVID? Oh, it was easy, straightforward. 
tell us about that then if if we ever go back back to um no COVID. Yeah, no, it'll never happen now. It'll never happen now because now that they're in the routine, they've gone, you know what, that one's in the past, this is the future, Whoop. and now they're going to move forward. I think they'll they'll take more and more credit cards. And we're seeing that out in the marketplace all the time. Everywhere we go, market stalls where they would only ever take cash. Now, no, it's a credit card. They've got the little square everywhere. Yeah. Square's good because it actually, when you go to buy a coffee cup, for instance, you'll pay five bucks for the coffee cup. You can touch a card on there, pays for it. You can get a text receipt, email receipt to you, so you can justify what you spent it on. And it itemises it. It's, it's fantastic. We use Square for our promotional products now as well. So if someone wants to buy a T-shirt off us while we're away, then we just load it up into our Square app, which we've all got apps on our phones, and away they go. Is that like the T-shirt you're wearing now? Yep. Absolutely. And the jacket. What do you reckon, Shane? Good-looking rooster or what? Yes, you are. Oh, <laughs> compliments will get you everywhere. <laughs> So, quick question again. Yep. I've got the old, you have, wouldn't have heard of the Qantas. So, you would have heard of the Qantas cash cut, haven't you, Peter? Yeah, I have. Yep, yep. So, is that any good for uh, tra- travelling and that? So, that they uh, MasterCard. So, you've got to, what you've got to look at, it, is it a Visa or MasterCard? If it's a MasterCard, it's a Visa or a debit card, yeah, you can use it. Some debit cards are being knocked back. Um, but I would suggest if you load that card before a week before you're cruising, you should be fine. Good they don't up. take it on the cruise ship necessarily unless you've got the physical card, but you can load it into their net their app um, and then it's up and running. So that's probably the best way of doing it. That's what we do now uh, because that's the safest way. You know you've got cash when you're there. Yeah, so we might have to... Do it all when we go and fish all our paperwork for our cruise, Shane. We will. Absolutely. But your travel agent can help you with that sort of stuff. Anyway, that's what we do. So we load it all on because we've got the app running on our ladies that organise the cruises. They've got the apps. They load it on. They've got access to all the cruise data. So when our support staff and the passengers get on, it's a smooth transition straight onto the cruise ship. There's no headaches. So if, if, if we're doing a cruise here in Melbourne, how will it work? Where do we meet? And stuff like that. And what time do people normally board a cruise from here? It changes on every cruise. So Port Melbourne is where you meet. Um, but the time, you choose the time. So when we go to book it, then we'll alloc- we'll actually choose the available times. Um, once we've got that time locked in, then they, they usually give you an hour and a half, two hours to board because there's a whole lot of people in that time zone. Um and then you jump on the cruise ship, you go through your check-in procedures, they give you your cabin keys or your cruise card. Uh, you get onto your cruise ship, they sort of usher you through, you're up into your cabins. Um, on the one that I did, which was Carnival, we had to go down to our muster deck. So we got to our cabin and they bring all our bags up for us, which is really good so you don't have to carry a suitcase, which is nice. But you just carry a backpack or something. I would suggest in that, though, you carry a little bit of overnight stuff because... My first cruise I ever did, they lost my suitcase, so I didn't have it for two days. And I didn't have a change of clothes, so I was a bit smelly by the time they were Yeah, a bit Yeah, mm. so I had a shower, but, you know, I wore the same clothes for, you know, two and a half days by the time they got me my bag. Where was it? Do you know? It was out of Sydney, and we were going to Numia. So they, have to, to, they a, have to send it to Numia? No, no, no. It was on the cruise ship. It's just they had to find the bag. 
because it went to the wrong area. They had to find the bag and get it to my cabin. So I would always suggest take an overnight bag with you know a few bits and pieces. If you've got medication or put some deodorant, a toothbrush in there, a change of undies maybe. So at least you've got something to get on the cruise ship with and you're right. Once you're on the cruise ship, then you get to head down to your muster deck and you've actually got to tap on with your cruise card the muster deck. The muster deck says, right, if there's a fire, emergency, floods, sinking, things like that, you go there. So it's just so all the passengers know where they've got to go in case of emergency. Highly unlikely, but it's one of the safety protocols. Yes. Cruising is great value for money. It's a really good holiday. Everything is supplied. You eat like a wild animal and get really, really overweight and fat every day. It's so good. <laughs> yes, yes, I would yes. suggest you use the stairs, not the lifts, because at least you're trying to burn off some of the food. Yes, I was thinking about that myself. Oh, and the food selection is massive. Tell us about that then. You're the one who just said about it. Well, what do you want to eat? And it's just there. And it changes every day. So you've got a whole mix of things every day. Breakfast will be changing every day, lunch, dinner. I mean, we go into the restaurant and uh, we actually sit down and have a meal. And the people on the cruise ship, they remember you so well that they'll go, oh, mate, what are you? You had uh, the steak last night. You go, yeah, yeah, and you had a beer or you had a lemonade or you had a Sprite or, you know, whatever. And they just remember what you drink. They go, do you want another one tonight? And you go, yeah, that'd be great. Thanks, here you go. And they bring it over to you. They're fantastic. Then they do a little dance halfway through your meal and all get together and they're clapping and singing. It's a really festive thing. The shows at night, worth going to. The stage shows, they're really, really good. During the day, they've got a whole lot of different activities they can learn. They learn how to dance and they play trivia and they've got some wild and crazy stuff. Couples, they have a couples trivia and they put a male and a f- or the couple together my own firm, but I put a couple together and I'll have different age couples from ones who might be boyfriend and girlfriend right through to the really older people who are married for you know, 50, 60 years and then they talk about all these funny things uh, like what's their sex life, sex life like, who, um, who cleans the house, who um, washes the car, who, who's sort of the most demanding, who's the hardest to live with and then they answer all these questions. It's very, very funny. Did you guys go on it last time you went cruising? No, I didn't. No, I wasn't with my other half. No, God, no. <laughs> I've never been on a cruise with my Sharon. No, not at all. I should one day. You should. We're trying out caravanning this weekend. So we've never towed a caravan. So I'm hooking that up to the back of my ute and going away for four days caravanning. Hey, Sophie, do you want to ask Peter about the, the other cruise we all thinking about doing if he, if he does them? Oh, the other, there's one cruise through Royal Caribbean, we've been eyeing off for a while, and that's the country, the seven-night one out of Sydney for the country music. Oh, I'd like to do that. They've got some cracking artists on that, absolute cracking. But, yeah, you can do things like that. They're really good to do because some of those artists that get on there, they're fantastic. And if you miss them one night because you're out yahooing and being behaving badly, you can catch them the next night. So, no, that's really good. The beauty, the well, the, the downside of cruise, but the good side of cruise, that cruise cart has all your money on it. So you can go and buy drinks whenever you want and you just get them. And then at the end of the day, you go, oh, my God, I spent that much. <laughs> but so that's a good and a bad. It's easy to buy your drinks and buy souvenirs. And they've got some really good shopping on the cruises as well. Mm. So if you want to buy something really nice, Shane, you can buy something really nice for Sophie. Jewelry or something like around. that. Mm. 
Um, you know, you can really splash out. There's some really, really nice gear there you can buy. Um, but they also have beach-type stuff, so if it's nice and warm, you know, you can buy bathers or a towel or mm. um, deck shoes and things like that. So some practical stuff as well as good fun stuff. And a quick question for you. For us to break for, for our crews in Sydney, what do you reckon is the best thing to do in Sydney just for a day before we cruise? Oh, so it depends on when you're arriving, but when we flew up there, so we got up there a day before, our cruise didn't leave till it was about four o'clock in the afternoon. Mm. We were boarding uh, about midday. So we actually just had a lazy sleeping in a hotel. We wandered down. I actually got an Uber around to where the cruise departs. Where was that? Which which um, port? Uh, it was um, Circular Quay. That's oh, where we go going oh yeah, the from. Main, the main port. Yep, Circular Quay, which is fantastic. And you wander down there and you just go and look at the cruise ship and take some photos. It's massive. Like, that's pretty cool in itself. And the good thing is if you get down there, as soon as you get there, I think we got down there maybe about 9.30 in the morning. We'd had breakfast. We said, oh, I wonder if we can get rid of our bags. You tag your bags because you've got bag tags. You tag your bags, you go up and give them to the cruise company, and then you can just wander around. So we actually walked around Circular Quay, got a coffee, had a chat, took some photos of the cruise ship, and then we thought, oh, we'll go and see if we can get on. So we went and get, jumped on the cruise ship, and then the fun starts. Mm. So we got on the cruise ship, went down to our mustard deck, tapped ourselves on, then up to the cocktail lounge and had some cocktails. They've got cocktails, mocktails, beer, wine, spirits, you know, depends on what you want to drink. Softies, hardies, if you're a non-drinker, there's loads of drinks. If you're a drinker, there's even more drinks. And a quick question to that, because someone like me doesn't have a, um, I don't have my passport, for this three-night cruise, do you reckon I'll need it? Depends on where you're going, but probably a three-night cruise, no. If you're staying in Australian waters, no, you don't need it. So we are, we're going, I think it's Sydney, back to Sydney. Yeah. All right, so we did a Morton Island cruise and we you don't need a passport because it's in Australian waters. If you're in Australian waters, no passport required. So even if the cruise you're going from Melbourne to Tassie? It's in Australian waters, don't need it. So that like us doing our Disney cruise, I won't need a passport for that. So where are you going? Um, Basically we're... Sailing down to Hobart and back. Yeah. I would do a double check to find out and go back to your travel agent, do a double check and go, just confirming I don't need a passport. Because you've booked it for 2025, you've got plenty of time to get a passport if needed. I Look, to be honest with you, I suggest to everyone, go and get a passport. Even if you're not travelling with it, it's a really good ID. Yeah. It's a powerful form of ID. Yeah, it actually wouldn't hurt for the ID side of things, Shane, to get one. I know it wouldn't hurt for the ID. And a quick question, what if people want to do the 2006 Com Games with you guys? Yeah, we could do that. We'll do anything. Any harebrained idea we're up for, yeah. We'll chuck them out of aeroplanes, bungee jumping, get to do whatever you want. Yeah, no worries. Mm. So one of our new trips that we've got coming up, last year I did an Uluru camping trip and we had such a good response from that that we I've did only, well, I'm saying just, but probably about uh, six weeks ago, I got back from, it's called Bin's Track, which we drove from out of Melbourne, where everyone had met in Melbourne, then we drove up through the Flinders Ranges onto the Udnadatta Track. Where's that? It's in central, north central South Australia. 
Udnadatta, William Creek, uh, Udnadatta um, Hotel, which or the Udnadatta Roadhouse, which is a pink roadhouse. Got some really cool photos of that. Up through there, bush bashed through there. I smashed the back window of my Triton. Um, so Ouch. that was 1250 bucks to get it fixed. So I went, right, I'm not going to get that fixed. I put an aluminium canopy on the back when I got home. But then we drove up into Alice Springs and we took off east out of Alice Springs and we did Bin's track and we bush bashed all through it. Bin's track, two forward drives, and uh, yeah, all of us, we slept in swags, cooking out in the open, shorts and T-shirt every day, dirty, filthy, dusty every day. It was so much fun. What about if people wanted showers, they wouldn't get them? <laughs> oh No, we had we actually pulled up at caravan parks where there were showers every night except two nights. Two nights we couldn't because one of them we actually went to a caravan park and they'd closed at three o'clock in the afternoon. We go, What? So we turned around, we just bush camped, which was, that was awesome. That was probably one of the best nights we'd had. Had an open fire and yahooing around the fire and singing songs and, you know, just talking crap, really. Hey, so it would be good for us to go international, wouldn't it? Where would you rather go? Oh, international. I would like to go probably to America. Oh, what about Viva Las Vegas, baby? <laughs> Come on. <laughs> right, my city, gonna set my soul. No. No, gonna it, set Sophie on fire. <laughs> so if it's, where, what, actually, what part of America would you like to go to? Well, Mer- there's a few parts of America I want to go to. Like, obviously I want to go and do Universal Studios in yep. California and Florida. And yep. plus all the Disney stuff as well. Disney's a huge, huge thing now. So don't just limit yourself to Americas because they got oh, I know. Disney, Disney LA. Disney LA, Disney Sea, Disney C That's right. in um, Japan. Japan. Yeah, been yeah. to Disney So at Disney Sea, that's a really good place to go. You can also go to Tokyo Disney, been there as well. Um, Hong Kong Disney, been there. And then I've been to both the Disneys in the US. The biggest one is Disney Anaheim. Tell us why. That, oh, maybe not. Maybe Epcot was um, Disney Florida was a bit bigger, but I think Disney and Anaheim because that was the original. That's probably the best one to go to. So, but Disney's really good. And then you've got California Disney across, sort of the concrete, mm. and uh, Anaheim. That's worth going to. It's a little bit more American based because you're still good for us because there's a lot of movies that mm. we know that they've presented there. Um, so. California Disney is, yeah, that's a day for us. Whereas Disneyland, across the way, uh, you could spend a few days there mm. quite happily. And you buy these hopper passes. You can buy a one-day or a three-day, five-day hopper passes. So you can just go in there whenever you want. Oh, yeah. And they've got the parade. Like Movie World, they've got the parade at the end of the day and things like that. It's cool, really cool. What how many people want to book their room in there to stay? In Disney? Yeah. Yeah, no problem. You can do that. Easy. Well, do you guys do that as somebody else? Absolutely, out? absolutely. Yeah. But where you walk out of the two Disneys in Anaheim and you walk back towards the Disney Resort, there's a whole lot of shops there. And the shops are really cool to go. They're all Disney-related. So if you love something to do with Disney, it's the place to go. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I think – oh, because I, I went to Japan in 2019. Yep. And, uh, well, so we, did I. And we went – I was around September, October – we were November. And then, because I remember, like, 
we were staying in a hotel around that area and they had like little mini shops that were Disney themed and all that. Yeah. Well, we stayed, I don't know what your hotel was like, we slept on the floor at ours. Oh, we were in beds. We were full on Japanese and they had the bidet, so you sit on the bidet and mm. that was pretty funky and interesting. Um, but no, we slept on beds on uh, on the ground on futons, which was pretty cool. And then we bought Japanese food, but Japan, Japan, I've been to a lot of countries. Japan is probably one of the harder ones to travel around because they don't speak much English. No, we I we, just, we struggled a lot when we didn't have a brother. Yeah, we just did a lot of pointing to things and grunting, um, but it was great. It was fantastic. The trains were really really efficient. We went on the bullet train. Awesome fun. Mm. Bullet trains. Fantastic fun. And a quick question for you. We all, did also the Disney cruises in, in the, uh, over England and stuff like that too. Yeah, Disney's scattered all over the place. And they've realised that Australia's a good market for Disney, so I would expect there'll be more cruises. Disney cruises will come down here a lot more often. Really, pre-COVID, uh, there really weren't any. No. They didn't come here. Luckily, though, now... Uh, we can do it in Australia. So, and look, cruising's become a massive, massive holiday market. It's all over the world. You've got Alaskan cruises. They're meant to be cool. Have you seen the cruise you can live on? So I heard about it. Do you can, explain more? It's, apparently it's about $45,000 a year uh, and you can live on it. So you can do a podcast like this. You can work on it. You can do whatever you like. And you live on the cruise ship, so they do all your laundry, all your cleaning, all your cooking. They do everything for you. It's like a normal cruise, but you live on there. They've actually got booths or little offices you can work out of too. So it's full on. Well, you guys do it if, say, a participant liked to do it for a year. Yep. Where they're in DIS money, and with you guys, would you do it? Yeah, you could do anything you want, yeah. The good thing with the cruise, if you're on that annual one... Um, you can get on that cruise and you can live on the cruise and you go, well, hang on, no, I want to fly back home for a month and go and see family. You can jump off the cruise, fly home. Somebody else can fly in, take your cabin for a month so they can have a holiday on it and then you can swap back over again. So it's pretty cool. And I heard you can be a friend or family for nothing for a certain amount of days or months. No, not on that one. No, no. No, you get to pay for it. They're not that giving. <laughs> oh, no, they're not. So what's all the international uh, flights and all that been for you guys? If you Oh, uh, look, flights have gone up immeasurably. Mm. They're prob- I reckon they're 50 to 60% more than what we had pre-COVID. Um, so mm. some challenges that we faced over this last, last well, pre-COVID or post-COVID is mm. flights have gone up. There's no doubt about it. I don't care what anyone says. Yeah, Flights have gone up. Definitely. Um, wages have gone up. There's absolutely no doubt. So, therefore, our costs have gone up. Um, accommodation, I think, is more expensive. Food absolutely has gone up. It's yes, probably gone up by that is definitely, 15 20% in definitely my Definitely gone books. up a lot. Yep. We used to go out and we could spend $25. Like, if you go to a pub, you could spend $25 and get something decent. Now you're looking at probably $35 to $40 for the same sort of meal. So, yeah, everything's gone up, which is a bit of a challenge. But look along with that, you know, NDIS goes up, pensions go up and wages go up. So mm. hopefully it balances itself off. No, definitely because, definitely cause like, flight, especially if you book, want to go away when it's school holidays and 
or Christmas or if there's like something big major events on like the NRL Magic Round, the AFL Gather Round in Adelaide, yep. they flights were just through the roof. Yeah, we just had well, we've got a group away at the moment and it's an individual trip over school holidays because it's school holidays and they're in New South Wales. So it's both Victorian New South Wales school holidays this week and it's really expensive. Mm. And if one thing I want to say for night to talk to you about, what do you think of that new budget airline that started up, Bonza? Bonza? I haven't been able to fly on it yet because they don't do capital city to capital city. They do regional to capital city. So they're limited yeah. for what you do. You can't um, ring them up and book. Uh, it's done on an app. So there's limitations around Bonza. I think they'll get better. They're backed by some fairly heavy hitters in the US and around the world. So I think that they, in time they will be a good airline. And a quick question for you. Have you ever been to Maruchido Airport? Yep. What's the – how do we get from Maruchido back to Brisbane without with public transport? Can you? It's really hard. Oh, <laughs> I thought it would be. Really hard. It's not impossible, but I would do something like Connection because uh, there's a company Connection and they can take you through there. Um, look, potentially you could get a flight because we fly into either Gold Coast, Brisbane or Maruchido. Because Sunshine so fa- got family in uh, Brisbane that won't drive up to Maroochydore to come and get us. Yeah, basically they live in the out, like halfway between Brisbane and the Sunshine Coast. I'd get a train. Yeah. But uh, we don't know how to get to the closest air, the train station from Maroochydore um, Airport. Easy way to get around. Have you got Uber? Yeah. Uber app? Just type it in there. Then you can walk out of the airport, you type in the Uber app, I want to go to the train station, it takes you direct to the train station, drops you off, mm. jump on the train and away you go. Research what times the trains are going, obviously, because you might be standing there for two hours waiting for a train. I don't mm. know. I don't know how frequent the trains run through there. I've never got on that train. No, neither am I. Or you can I. hitchhike. No, don't hitchhike. Don't hitchhike. No. No. <laughs> <laughs> we don't advocate hitchhiking. No, we don't. <laughs> anything, anything you want to ask us? Where's your next holiday? Our next one is on our cruise. Next cruise. But where do you want to go other than a cruise? Um, I'm going back to the the UK. When? I'm not like to. Yeah, Europe's definitely on my bucket list as well. Have you saved some money? Not yet. No. We've got these two cruises planned. Yep. So the best thing about a cruise is you can pay it off bit by bit. That's they, what that's we're doing. What, that's can what people do that with you guys if they Yeah, are. absolutely. Yep. I would also suggest if it's something that doesn't take payments as they go, open up a separate bank account and put away a little bit of money each week or each mm. fortnight whenever you get paid. Because yeah. then you're building up that little nest egg. Because when you do go to pay for your holiday, it's not such a big hit. Can I ask you a question, Peter? Oh, I don't know. Do you reckon you can get one of your up participants you've had? I'll be able to get on here or not. Yeah. Yeah. That have been on one of your... Yeah, absolutely. We've got people that will rabbit on happily all day to you. <laughs> They're better talking than what I am sometimes. I know. Just get someone who's actually been on one of your... Yep. On one of yeah. your trips and... Yeah, yeah. They can share their experience and all that. Yep. 
Yeah. You probably won't get them in the studio because they're sort of scattered all over the place. So we've got people travelling all over Australia. I'm talking about one of the participants and one of your uh, workers. Support workers. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's all right. No worries at all. Yep, we could do that. We can do that. Not a problem at all. Mm -hmm. Have you still in that office down in um, in Calm Downs or not? No. So what happened during COVID, obviously we had no income, we had nothing, so we got out of that office. Uh, we've all started working from home, which and we're going, geez, this is pretty good actually. Uh, we like this. So we're all working from home, but I have um, got a factory now down in Somerville, and so we park all our vehicles there, we clean our vehicles there, it's... We can park inside, so we can clean the vehicle, park it inside, and it's nice and neat and clean and tidy, ready to go out on its trip. And a quick question. I've seen you, the new Facebook group you got going. Would you like to tell us about that, please, Peter? Yeah, so what we're going to do with the new Facebook group, we're going to have people, if you jump in there, um, we're going to have little special offers and just travel tips and hints and things like that going on there. So if you want to know some useless trivia about travel, it's probably not a bad place to start. So go to our Facebook page and then uh, sniff around for the group or give us a ring and we'll point you in the right direction for the group. So we're on LinkedIn as well, um, Instagram, but have a look at some of the stuff. We've got some new marketing people and they're very, very clever. So they're putting some really cool things up. The latest one I saw was um, you know, Over the Rainbow. That one. Well, they've got that music linked to one of our little clips and it looks cool. I love it. I don't know how they do it. I don't know how they do it I'm punching above my weight on that one. You are. But uh, yeah, looks good, sounds good. But my next, my next big trip, we're driving to Cape York. We're going to go and see the top of Australia. So we're going to go and touch that sign saying you're at the northernmost point of um, mainland Australia, which would be fantastic. So we've got uh, five days. And look, I was just going to drive up by myself to Cairns. Uh, I've decked my now that I, I smashed my canopy on my old uh, on the Ute, so I've replaced it with an aluminium. So we decked it out with fridges and everything else. So it's a pretty good setup in the old Ute now. And then, uh, so I was going to drive up to Cairns by myself, but now I've got four people coming up with me because they want that fun as well. And then we've got eleven days up around Cape York, so from Cairns to Bamaga, um, Seisha, uh, which is right up the tip right back down again to Cairns. So we'll get to see all the weird and wonderfuls. If you've watched any YouTube clips on um, forward driving, we're going to go and have a look at some of those crazy buggers going down gunshots and Palm Creek and things like that. So it should be good. And a quick question for you. What do people do who, if people want to book it with you and say it's two of us and we want to do something that we want to do, how does it all work? Easy, just give us a ring and go, Peter, I want to do this, this, this and this. Me and my, you know, Sophie or whatever else, um, we want to go and do these. We organise that around. So you go, right, what things do you want to see? Where do you want to go? How long do you want to be away? What's your budget? Once we've got all that together, then we can put a price together. We can calculate what the NDIS can cover, what it can't. And then if you go and we email it to you and you go, yep, that looks good. And away we go. Like they include, do we choose the airline we're going to fly with? Is that all done with you guys? Uh, you can choose the airline. We don't care who you fly with, really. We generally choose the most suitable airline depending on what you need and where you're going. So would it be... Every uh, city of the UK, would you go on that one from Perth, the um, Dreamliner? Possibly, but they've actually stopped that flight. 
How so, come? Because post-COVID, they haven't fired it up again. I've, I've heard on the group on this doing it again. Yeah, they've, they are starting up a lot. So I was actually looking at going to the UK for next year. And um, there's some direct flights, but you've got to be careful which airline you're going with. Yeah. Well, a lot of them go through Hong Kong, Singapore do. or Dubai. Yeah. Because the one we're talking about is like the cornest one that goes from what starts here in Melbourne, stops over in Perth, yep. and then goes on to London from there. Yep. Yeah, I don't know whether I'd do that. I would do, because I'd probably go Melbourne, Singapore, Singapore, Heathrow, or I'd go Melbourne, Dubai, um, Heathrow, or Melbourne, Hong Kong, Heathrow. If I've got to do a stopover, I might as well be in another country, having some fun, looking at all the weird and wonderful things of another country. And I'll tell you, Singapore Airport, if you get oh. if you get to go there, man, that is awesome. But I love, I love to go and see the um, garden part. I've heard that the yellow side of customs. Well, when we got to Singapore Airlines, we had about eight hours to kill one time. I was with my family, and they've got a whole swimming pool there. Oh. So we went up on the deck, went for a swim, then we ducked down, we had a meal. They've got gaming chairs there so you can play um games or whatever else do whatever you want like it's, it's it's like activities within the hotel in the airport it's unbelievable shopping you can buy whatever you want you can spend as much as you want there's some cheaper places there's some really expensive places and a quick question to ask you what do you reckon is the best first class you reckon out of the um airlines they all they're all variant so they will change mind you i can't afford first class but if you want to pay for me to go on first class, I'm happy to research it for you, Shane. Very happy to research that. Well, Safe so and I look at look at them all on Facebook and stuff, and all the ones I've seen have been pretty good. Yeah. There's some amazing first classes around, but each airline because they, yes, it's the same aircraft, a Dreamliner. It's the same aircraft, but then they design how many seats they've got in. They choose what seats and choose what their first class, business class, and then economy looks like. So their first class could vary a lot. Um, their service levels vary a lot. So I just flew to um, um, Philippines with Cebu Pacific, and that was good aircraft, clean, neat, tidy, but, man, the seats were so uncomfortable because they were cheap seats. Yeah. Whereas you jump on someone like Qantas and clean, neat aircraft and comfortable seats. Have you ever been in all their, um, what I call it, where people go and have meals and stuff like that, the... Um they call it the um, in the Philippines. No, with with Qantas and that, with all the uh, business club in yep. there. Um, yeah, like, absolutely. They call it the um, Qantas club. Yeah, the lounges. Absolutely, you got to go in there. That's part of the fun of it. But when we, when my wife and I travel, we do go in there, and uh, so we sit down there, drink coffee, and eat food, and you just yeah go and have some fun, relax while before you get on your plane. Are you allowed to take a guest in there with you? Do you reckon or not? What? One guest. So if you're a member, you can take one guest in. So if you two were travelling with me, I could only get one of you in. But we're both um, Qantas frequent flyer members. Frequent flyer is different to being part of the Qantas lounge. Yeah, because of status. Yes. You can build up your status so you can get entry in there. Yeah. But you've got to build it up. Yeah. You're going to be flying a fair bit. That's the hardest bit for us. And it's to upgrade to the next status, not only have you got to have the set set amount of points, but you've also got to have... The status credit, and that's the hard bit to get earned. Yes. Yep. I buy my lounge membership because I fly enough. 
So I can go in there, I can open up, my, open up my laptop, do some work in there, have a coffee, have something to eat, and I can keep moving all the time in between work. So when I get in the aircraft, then I don't have to do anything. I can sit there and just watch the world go by on the aircraft. Yeah, that's the, that's the nice and hardest bit to relax on an aircraft. Yep. Look, I've actually, Qantas, we just, um, and how's this for the airport lounge? I took a guy and he had a service dog, and we went into the lounge with a service dog, uh, and we took the service dog uh, from Melbourne to Alice Springs. How did that work on an air, on a um, plane and that? We actually got really good seats. So there was yeah. business class right in front of us and we were the seat behind business class. So we had lots of leg room because that joy of the dog needed extra leg room. Um, we got three seats to ourselves. There's two of us, three seats. Um, but there is a fair bit of rigmarole you to go through to get the dog on. So pre getting on that flight. When you go up to the counter, you can't just check in. Uh, you've actually got to go to the service desk and check yourself in. They've got to tick the dog off and all that sort of stuff oh, as well. Yeah, especially for especially to certain states that require like certain treatments and yep. that. Like Taddy, you have to get the hydatus treatment and stuff like that. Yeah, no, that's all done. Because the service dogs are all done. So they they go in the aircraft, not underneath. No, yeah. no, no, no. no. Like changes. even just to get on to go to Tassie. Yeah. You've got to have proof of it to show the airlines yep. and stuff like that. And that's got to be done 12 days before you travel. Two weeks. Two weeks before you travel to Tassie. Yeah. As soon as you get curveball, say someone in a wheelchair, a service dog, um, you need to be booking well in advance. Don't try and book it a week in front or two weeks in front. You're going to shoot yourself in the foot. It's going to make it hard for you and stressful. You're meant to be going on a holiday, not creating stress mm. for yourself. No, that's, that's the hardest bit. Yeah. The more time you give yourself, and generally you can get better deals if you book earlier anyway, uh, the closer it gets to the departure date, the more it costs. Mm. And quick question, what do you reckon about all the airlines do their deals to half price or fly a friend for free sale and stuff like that? They are good, but usually they're one way. So you've got to be careful on that. Yes, you can get a cheap deal maybe on the flight out, but to check what's the flight coming back. Um, you might get a deal on both ways. Great, good on you. Well done. Mm. But I would do the return, check the return. Uh, and it doesn't hurt. Like I, I've joined up, I'm diff members of different airlines because you get different discounts if you become a member. That become a member costs you maybe $25. It's actually money well spent if you're travelling a bit. And so I hear you, you used to be part of the uh, Get Star Club. Oh, yes. I was originally just trying to keep an eye on some good cheap, Get star yep. deals, especially going back to family in Tassie, even though they're like three hours away from Launceston. Yep. I said to him, I'd rather try and fly in a Lonnie because I can get good, cheap, decent flights yep. instead of flying straight into like Burnie, Winion or Devonport because of the cost. Yeah. Oh, you're from Burnie? No, like Devonport, Burnie, Winion and that yeah. that part of Tassie because like they, their flights were like nearly $200 just to come They're from expensive Melbourne into there. Yep. Into regional. Yep. And quick question to that, what would you do if Soph had to go to uh, Wodonga and that for flying to there? What would you do? Oh, look, there's airlines that fly in. Wodonga's a fairly major centre now, so yeah. it's not that hard. Depends on how much you come. It's, it comes down to budget. How much do you want to spend? Mm, exactly. If you want to go up there cheap and you've got a bit of time, train is probably the best and the most mm. relaxing. If you just need to get there and get there quick, you jump on an aeroplane. Wrecks have become very, very efficient now. They're much more efficient than what they were. 
So mm. they're good. Bonza would probably do that. I haven't looked, but Bonza would um, probably do that. Yeah, Bonza at the moment are doing Sunshine Coast to Albury and yeah. Rex to go to Albury. You've got to go from Sydney. They don't do Melbourne anymore. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of the Rex ones, you have to go um, major cities, whereas the Bonza ones can be anywhere else. Mm. So... <clears throat> Thanks for being on my podcast today, Peter. I look forward to catching up with you again soon. No worries. Thanks, Shane. Thanks, Sophie. We'll see you next time. Thank you. Thanks for listening. Thanks to Clubmates Travel. Clubmates Travel, the disability-supported experts. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook and give us a like on Spotify.